This is your Kick-Ass Life Podcast, episode number 173, with guest Laura Powers. This is the Your Kick-Ass Life Podcast with Andrea Owen, a no-BS guide to self-help and badassery. Because ladies, let's face it, life's too short for it to not kick ass. And here's your host, the girl who serves it up straight with a side of crazy, Andrea Owen. Hey there, ass kickers. Welcome to another episode of the podcast. As always, I'm so glad that you're here. I'm so honored and grateful that you take the time to spend with me every week on this here podcast. Today's guest, really excited for you to hear Laura Powers is a psychic medium. When I grow up, I want to be a psychic medium. I'm trying trying to be. That's what I want to do. I found my calling. Hopefully. We'll see. Maybe you'll get an eye-opening experience after listening to this episode. I actually just got back from Huntington Beach, California, where I was co-hosting an event out there, that our very last Tanning Tacos and Transformation event. I know many of you listening to the podcast were there. Wasn't it amazing? It was so so awesome. I'm still sort of reveling in the energy from that event. I'm actually not doing any more events like that in the near future. Some people have been asking me, when is the next one? I want to sign up for it. What I am doing though, is I might be coming to a town near you in my book tour, which is only in a couple months. Oh my God, it's coming up fast. So if you go to the website, the link is in the show notes. It is yourkickasslife.com forward slash HTSFLS. That is the acronym for my book that's coming out, How to Stop Feeling Like Shit. You can see if I am coming near you. I'm doing workshops. I'm doing small, very exclusive workshops for a handful of women in some of these towns that I would love for you to be a part of. They're probably just going to be half day. And again, four to six women. So you can have a lot of attention, a lot of personal support from me during these awesome workshops. You can sign up to be notified. I'm really, really excited to facilitate those those workshops. And also there's a link on that page to pre-order my book if you haven't already. It is ready for pre-order. Actual pub date is January 2nd. Oh my gosh. More on that later. I also have one spot open for private coaching. If you are someone who is interested in working with me privately for my six-month-long immersion that I facilitate, I just want to say one thing about it. I had one particular client that summed it up so beautifully, and she said, you know, I've done therapy and I've read a lot of personal development books and listen to podcasts and I absorb it all and I understand it all. I just didn't know how to put it in my day-to-day life. I didn't know how to implement all the tools in my actual real life. And I was like, exactly. (laughs) That's what I do. And there are many other things. You can go and read about that. Link again in the show notes, yourkickasslife.com forward slash daring is the page that describes the work that I do privately with women. I am scaling back quite a bit on my private practice. In the new year, I won't be taking on as many private clients as I walk into other endeavors to be able to serve my community, but I would love to have you. I'm going to tell you guys something really personal that I do. I have never, I don't even know if I've told anyone this. It's kind of, I don't know, it's not silly. I think it's important. So there's a particular workbook that goes with the work that I do, and I always have one ready for the next client, and I have it near me, and I put my hands on it, and I say a little prayer and energetically just 
put energy out into the universe for this particular woman. I don't know who she is yet, but it is something I'm going to get emotional now. It's just, it's something that I'm so honored to do to be able to facilitate this work. I don't take it lightly at all. The relationships that I have with my clients are, they're just beautiful and they're unlike any other. It is an intimate relationship. And by intimate, I mean, this is deep work. It's deep, powerful work. And I want to just make sure that energetically we're all in a great place. So I kind of like Care Bear Stare, I guess, is another way to put it. Do you guys remember that? <laughs> if you're a child of the 80s, you remember <laughs> the Care Bear cartoons. That's what I do to the workbook. So maybe it's you. Maybe it's you listening to this who is going to get that workbook that is in my office that I've been saying my little prayers over and just really putting out great energy for that particular woman. So let's get on with the show. Before we do that, let me tell you a little bit about Laura. <laughs> Laura Powers is a celebrity psychic who has been featured by BuzzFeed, NBC, Motherboard Magazine by Vice, and many other media outlets. She is a clairvoyant, psychic medium, producer, writer, singer, and speaker who helps others receive guidance and communicate with loved ones. Laura got into this work after going through a life crisis in which she was in a toxic marriage, overweight, unemployed, physically sick, and lost. She started taking psychic development classes to understand what went wrong in her life. She now uses her experience communicating with angels, spirits, and other energy beings to help her clients better understand and change their lives. So without further ado, here is Laura. Hi, Laura. Thanks so much for being here. Thanks for having me. I was mentioning before we started recording that you are the, this is the first time I've ever had a psychic medium on the show. So, <laughs> Well, I'm very honored to be the first. Yeah, yeah, you're the first. And I'm selfishly excited because I have, we'll get into it in a minute, but I've always wondered, I, I have this kind of weird story that my mom, my sister and I are convinced that our mother is a witch. And I, I <laughs> some weird things have happened and she has these yeah. weird prayers that she's done and crazy things have happened. And she used to, she used to do tarot cards and I have no idea. She grew up Catholic. So I don't know, you know, like, how did you go from being a strict Catholic to being like the tarot lady? Anyway, so one time my sister and I were teasing her about it and, and she complete dead serious face looked at us both and said, you both have it too. You just don't know it. So ever since then, and she won't talk about it though. So I'm like, ah, oh my gosh. Well, that is so funny because one of the first things I was going to say once you started talking about your mom is that it does run in families and you probably have it too. <laughs> I know. Yeah, yeah, it definitely runs in my family. And often people that are drawn to this stuff have something in it as well. Yes, I've had some definite weird experiences and it's equally <laughs> terrifying and exciting. So before we jump into that, I'm really interested in because you had like a life crisis and, and you say that that life crisis was the best thing that happened to you. So can you start there and tell us about that? Sure. So, you know, it's probably counter to what people would guess, but for most of my life, I actually lived my life very analytically, used critical thinking, did, you know, kind of quote unquote what you were supposed to do. And I found myself in a situation in which I was unemployed for the first time in my life. This happened during the recession. I was in a toxic marriage. 
I was physically sick. I had several medical diagnoses, including depression, polycystic ovary syndrome. I had chronic allergies that were leading to chronic sinus infections, just lots of problems. I was on sleeping pills. And then I was also just in a lot of emotional and mental turmoil and feeling very lost. You know, again, I was unemployed. This had never happened to me before. It became clear that my marriage was completely unsustainable. And basically, like, Every aspect of my life was a mess. I was 50 pounds overweight, which had never happened to me before. And I was at a total loss. Like I had lived every, you know, done everything, how kind of how you're supposed to do. And that is where it ended up like basically mm-hmm. as a mess. And so I went to a psychic myself. I went to a psychic because I like nothing else really seemed to be working. I was really lost and confused. And she really helped me acknowledge and understand my own gifts and open up to them and basically start living my life in a more intuitive, authentic way for me. And after I made that shift in transition, my life completely changed and turned around. So at the time, it seemed like the worst thing in the world. Like I literally was in crisis, again, unemployed, in a bad marriage, physically sick, overweight, depressed, you know, pretty much everything Mm -hmm. felt like it sucked at that point. But really, that was a catalyst for me finding myself in a way and finding my path, my work, and just living a much better life. And I think without everything converging in the way that it did in such a critical way, I probably would have come to some of the things that I am now doing, but I think it probably would have happened like much more slowly. And I'm actually glad that it happened so fast. Yeah, that seems to be a theme of a lot of women I meet and and myself included. And and I just want to say for those of you listening, like you don't have to have a fall on your face moment or chronic illness (laughs) in order to change your life. Like, I don't really even wish that on anyone. (laughs) No, no. No, I don't either. And you're right. It doesn't have to be that way. I think in my case, I'm very stubborn. And it kind of took things to get really kind of extreme for me to pay attention. And now I, you know, it usually doesn't take for it to get that bag before I'm like, hmm, something's going on here. But it was just, it's what I needed at that time, I think, in order to make such a significant shift. I agree with you on that. I think some people, I always say like, I think that people have different pain tolerances, both physical and emotional and mental. And some people can tolerate a lot before, you know, they get hit over the head by the universe and and finally wake up and change their life. (laughs) But I know that my listeners Some of them tend to struggle a little bit with the whole concept of intuition and listening to their body. And so for someone who maybe maybe isn't even at the very beginning, maybe somebody who knows that they have an intuition, but just kind of really wants to lean into honing it and and listening a little more in order to help themselves. So how can you access your intuition to learn more about their true self? Sure. Well, I think just that point you brought up right away, which is listening to your body, literally, like our body is so smart and is communicating with us stuff all the time. But for most people, they're getting frustrated with their body or trying to kind of shut down or ignore the messages that they're receiving from the body. So, I mean, I was receiving messages from my body for a long time before it got to kind of a critical situation for me in which I had all these, you know, health problems but I was just kind of pushing through. So I think our bodies start to communicate with us kind of subtly and quietly at first. And then when we're not listening, the message gets louder and louder until it gets to the point where we can't ignore it. So that's the first thing is I would say, pay attention to your body. And this is very connected with intuition because our body is one of the strong mechanisms and vehicles for us to connect with our higher selves and our soul. So paying attention to 
how you feel after you eat certain things. How does your body physically feel after you're around certain people? Do you need more rest? You know, are you hooked on caffeine? Like for me, that was a big thing. I was ignoring my body's messages by basically, you know, getting a lot of caffeine and sugar and things like that, that at least temporarily kind of kept me going, you know, but of Mm -hmm. course that can only be sustained for a short period of time. So that's the first thing is paying attention to your body. And then the other thing that's really important is just having time to be with your thoughts and to have quiet and alone time, because on a sort of psychic spiritual level, we can't talk and listen at the same time. And our angels and spirit guides are always wanting to communicate and share with us things that will help us with our lives. But we can't hear them basically speaking or communicating with us if our mind is busy. So we do need that quiet time, whether it's in prayer or meditation or taking a walk or a bath. I mean, there isn't like one way you have to do it. Just having that quiet solo time to just give your mind a rest and allow for that is really important to tap into intuition. Yeah. This whole quiet time that you speak of, Laura, I'm not sure. <laughs> I love that you said you can't, what did you say? You can't listen and talk at the same time. Yeah. And, uh, kind of spiritually. Exactly. Yeah. So most of us are operating this very you know, kind of high octane, go, 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 go. And again, that can be sustained for a short period of time. And I was, believe me, I was one of those people. I literally, I worked full time, got my master's degree full time. I was an appointed official, you know, I was a performer. I was on Mm -hmm. all the time. So, I mean, I have lived that lifestyle and I totally understand the desire to do that. That said, I think it's very much like, you know, exercise where the time that you put into that, it totally comes back to you in the end because you have more energy, you work more efficiently. So even if it's literally just like 10 to 15 minutes a day, it makes a huge difference. What came up for me when you were saying that is that even in the downtime, you know, I'm using like air quotes over here, the downtime when we are, maybe we're not talking to somebody, but we're like kind of trying to rest. I mean, I don't know about y'all, but my mind is still going, you know, it's like, I'm still talking in my own head, you know, my lists and and what do I need to do to prepare for this and, or worry, which I've gotten a lot better about not doing, but still it's, or like, if I do, I'm like, Oh, I have some quiet time. Let me practice some gratitude, you know, (laughs) that's going in the background, you know, and I've joked and talked a lot about meditation over here. And the conclusion that I've come to in my wise old age is that meditation doesn't need to look a certain way. And I think even if it's just a few minutes in the morning of just like you were saying, just quieting down and with no expected outcome, because I think that for maybe a lot of people listening, myself included, when you hear like, oh, your angels and your guides are trying to talk to you. Then I'm like, okay, I'm ready. Are you talking? Yeah. Or are you angels? <laughs> I'm, I'm listening and then right. I'm still distracted. Right. Well, and exactly. That's why I think it's important to do what works for you. And for some people, for example, literally sitting still and trying to meditate is very challenging. And I understand that. So maybe you're a person where you need to take a walk or you go swimming or you take a bath. I'm a fan of moving meditations or even just that quiet time, like take a long shower. Sometimes you can get messages, you know, when you're doing the dishes. I mean, there's a lot of different ways to do that. But I think it's just important to have that kind of turned off time where you're not talking with a person, you're not on your phone, you know, you're not actively taking in from some kind of stimulus. So that time is important. However, that can happen for you. Or maybe you take a yoga class and, you know, you're focused on the class, but you're still, there's, you know, any time that you're not 
actively needing your full mind to focus on something, there's a part of your mind that can be receiving in that way. Okay. I have a question for you. And this is, yeah, <laughs> I just thought of this again. Okay. You guys forgive me. This is the first time we've had a psychic medium on the podcast. <laughs> and so I was like racking my brain. I am prepared. I have questions for you, but of course, like they're like, right. it's like popcorn over here now. Cause I'm, I'm thinking of all these things that have happened to me. So audience, forgive me if this just became as a conversation between me and Laura. <laughs> <laughs> but, okay, so you were talking about angels and guides, and I've had experiences, and it hasn't happened as much in my adult life as it happened a lot when I was a child, where I would be, you know, minding my own business, and I hear someone calling my name in my head. Yeah. And yes. I asked my mom about it. And I was like, sometimes I hear someone calling me and it's not necessary. It's not a voice that I recognize. It's someone else. What is that? Because it was kind of scaring me. And my mom just smiled and she said, it's someone important. That's all she said. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, that is very common. And that means that you're telepathics and maybe clear audience as well. So some people hear it in their head and some people actually hear it like in their ear. So it can happen in different ways. But yeah, that's somebody speaking with you. In most cases, that will be like an angel or spirit guide that's just wanting to connect with you and get your attention. They can also in some cases be a ghost, but I don't get that that's the case for you. I get that this is more, uh, you know, a, a spirit guide that's wanting to connect with you and let you know that they're there. So I get a, you know, most people do get a little like scared when that happens. And so I think it's important to understand that just because we don't, you know, know something or get how it's working doesn't mean that it's scary or, you know, against us in any way. Again, it used to happen a lot more often when I was a kid and it still happens now. It's just not as often. So when it does happen now, it doesn't scare me anymore, but I I kind of brush it off. So what, and, and if anyone's listening and if this happens to them too, what should we do in those instances when it happens? Well, I think pausing for a minute, I mean, clearly, if they're saying your name, there's a reason that there's someone is trying to get a hold of you. So pausing, if you can, just again, just having some silence, checking in to see if you're getting any feelings or impressions. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it could be a warning or it could be something that is meant to help us in a positive way. But yeah, and then if it doesn't feel good for whatever reason, you can also just ask your angels and spirit guides to clear anything that's not of the light or that's not helpful and protect you from that. So just know that I think we are and can be safe. So just like with physical boundaries, we can also say no, thank you if it doesn't feel right. Or we can, if it feels positive, just like a conversation with someone in person, you can say, oh, that person is helpful. I'd like to hear more. <laughs> that's interesting. Okay. Yes, I can run with that. Because when I was a kid, it was I think it was just more confusing than scary. And then now as an adult, it's never felt scary. It's just, you know, a part of what is happening, but it is distinct. It's not just a thought it is articulated. And that's what is so I've always thought it was so strange about it. And, and again, it's not like I'm talking to myself. It's very, it's hard to explain, I guess, but you seem to understand what I'm talking about. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I mean, I've experienced it many times. I mean, I'm a person who has actual conversations with my spirit guides now with practice. But yeah, I just think that they were reaching out to you, connecting with you, wanting you to know they're there, maybe had a specific message for you. But I get that you are very psychic slash telepathic. And with some practice, you could receive a lot of really helpful information in this way. Okay. So yes, please. And (laughs) I have another question. I know know a lot of my listeners know that my father passed away in October of 2016 and it was kind of sudden he was, he was terminal and and died about a month later. And he was the first person whom I've 
been close to who has died. And it was, I was with him when he passed. It was just he and I, and it was excruciating as it is, you know, for most people who lose a loved one. And I, within a couple of weeks after he died, I had a dream where, and from what I've understood, I didn't know this ahead of time, but from talking to other people who have, you know, had loved ones pass away, the consensus is that I've heard is that typically if you are dreaming and you know that they, like, it's a given that they've already passed, that that's a visit. And usually like they, the person doesn't say anything or, but if they're in the dream and they're like a character when they're, if they're not dead, then that's usually a dream. So I'd love your thoughts on that. And I won't ask the second part of the question because I'm curious what you, what your thoughts are about okay. that. Yeah, I would agree with that. In most cases, if it feels like them, um, there's not something like really weird about it, then it probably is them visiting you. And one of the reasons that that happens is it's in our dream state or even in our in-between sleep and dream state that we're the most psychically open. So it's the time when we literally receive information through our dreams from our and from our angels and spirit guides. And so it's just it's like they have easier access to it. Then they a lot of them will visit us during the day or when we're awake, but we just just because, again, we're so busy with our minds and kind of focused on other stuff on the physical realm, it's just harder for us to to sense or receive their messages. So, yeah, this is very common. And oftentimes they're just trying to get us a message that they're OK, that they're still there, that they love us, etc. <laughs> it was really weird. And I've also heard that sometimes some people's souls kind of hang around for a little while. And that's why a lot of people have those kinds of visits not long after the person has passed because they're kind of, you know, I don't know, hanging out, but it was interesting dream. So I was sitting in a chair and I remember even what the chair looked like. And all of a sudden I knew there was someone behind me and I, I looked over my shoulder to see who it was. And, and it was my dad and he was dressed as he normal, like in his regular outfit that he usually mm-hmm. wore, same jacket, same shoes and socks, shorts, right. everything, everything was completely vivid. And I ran up to him and, and I was like, dad, like, there you are, you know, cause like in my dream, I knew that he had already passed and I ran up to him and he was smiling and he was holding a newborn baby mm. and I'm not pregnant. I'm done having babies and, and he didn't say anything. He just smiled at me and that was it. And, and then in the other dream that I had, this one wasn't that long ago, we were on the phone and I was telling him about all these, you know, great things about my kids and my husband and my business and everything's going really well. And he interrupted me and he said, but are you okay? And I said, yeah, I'm fine. I just really, really miss you. And then that was it. And then I had another really weird experience and this is okay. I haven't told the story on the podcast yet. I talked about it on Facebook. This freaked me out because it was, it may very, I'm trying to convince myself it was nothing and it was just a coincidence. So I'm curious what you think. So I, I'm writing my second book and you've written many books. So you know what that process is like and how it can be arduous. And, and Mm -hmm. there's this coffee shop that I go to regularly that I go to write. And I'm sitting at this chair, you know, I'm, I'm sitting there on my laptop writing, typing away. And this woman in a walker walks in and she's old. Like she's like probably in her nineties and she's, you know, very slowly with her walker and where I'm sitting, I'm on the way to the bathroom. So you would have to cross right next to me to go to the bathroom. So I'm thinking, you know, she's probably going to the bathroom. So she comes over to me and she stops right next to my table. And there was a part of me that was like, Oh, I just don't feel like having a conversation right now with a stranger. And I'm in the middle of this. Mm -hmm. And she says to me, I've never seen this woman before in my life. And she says, are you writing another book? And I'm like, 
yes. And she goes, good. And I'm like, okay. And she says, I read your other one and I really liked it. Meanwhile, she hasn't said, are you Andrea Owen or anything? And I'm thinking, okay, this woman is not my ideal reader. You know, she's like, Mm-hmm. It's 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 just really strange. And then my first thought is she thinks I'm someone else. She thinks I'm like Jody Picoult or something, you know, like <laughs> a novelist. And, and and I was like, okay. And she says, I'm really glad you're writing another one. And I forget what else she said. I have it written down. But oh, she said, I'm really glad I got to meet you today. She put her hand on my hand and I said, I'm really glad I got to meet you too. What's your name? And she said, Gail. And so then I looked up the name Gail, <laughs> the meaning of the name Gail, which is short for Abigail, which means father rejoiced or father's joy. Mm. And I read that and I was like, holy shit. Okay. Even if it was a coincidence, that is the weirdest coincidence ever because it just... You know what I mean? Like, what do you think, Laura? I'm going to stop talking. So I start. Yeah, no, I think that people will be placed in our lives as messengers. And sometimes even angels or spirit guides will show up as a person like this will happen. I'll tell a, a story that was one of those moments where I was like, ooh, this is definitely unusual. So something's different here. I was studying in Spain at the time and I had just, so this post my crisis and I had just started to kind of explore this sort of spiritual psychic realm and started asking angels for help. And I was studying there and had to teach a class for the course I was taking in the morning. And so I was at this street festival, which if you've ever been to Spain, you know, they're very much a night culture. And I had to teach it, I think eight. And I was leaving this street festival, like one thirty in the morning. And I had walked there with some friends, but I was walking home on my own. And at night, everything looked different. And I basically, I got lost and I didn't know which direction to go. And didn't have anyone to ask. And I just asked the angels to help me get home. And I walked a little bit farther and saw that there was a woman sitting on a bench. And even in Spain, a woman just sitting randomly by herself at two o'clock in the morning, like not at a bus stop, Mm -hmm. just randomly, you know, even that's still a little weird, even in Spain. (laughs) And so... I just asked her for, you know, I said the name of my intersection and kind of pointed, you know, just trying to get her to see if she could just point me in the right direction. And she literally got up and just started walking. So I started, I followed her and she walked me all the way to my door. And on the way there, I just, just trying to make conversation. Keep in mind, I don't really speak very much Spanish. So it was very simple conversation, but I learned her name was Estelle. And, you know, it was very sweet. When she walked me to my door, she, you know, she just said goodnight and there wasn't anything she wanted. And it it was all very strange, you know, and it wasn't literally till I was in my bed, you know, trying to fall asleep that I really kind of sunk in that I had asked her for my dress and she walked me to my door. By the way, Estelle means star. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Right after I asked angels for help, this woman just was sitting on a bench by herself at two o'clock in the morning, right where I needed help. (laughs) All these things that just were strange. So whether, you know, whatever it was, whether she was kind of placed there for me, you know, whether she was a person or, you know, maybe it was even an angel masquerading as a person, either way that there is meaning and things like that. So when it feels significant and unusual, it usually is and that there's a message for us there. So in that case, it was for me to learn, I think, to trust and yeah. to connect. But yeah, I think that that's the case for you is, is and also telling you that you were supported in your book writing. Yeah, that's that's I love that story. And, and you know, what struck me about your story, too. Thank you for that. Is that yeah, is that because I think many of us ask for help 
you know, to the universe or whoever we're, we're yeah. praying to, whether we call it God or whomever. And mm-hmm. I think sometimes we're actually not ready for the help. And I've done that before where I'm like, you know, help me, but I really want to just do it myself. You know, like I, I really want to take control. I want right. to have free will. And then I know for me, like when I, I had a life crisis too, and I fell to my knees and said out loud, I don't know what you have in store for me, but it's not this. And I am ready to change. I'm ready for help. And that was be- the beginning of the trajectory of changing my life where I am 10 years later, oh. a completely different human being. And I wonder if like that for even just that story that you shared about asking for help. And it's not just in the ask, it's the willingness to receive it. I think that struck me about your story. Yeah. And to accept it, how it comes, because sometimes what happens is we ask for help and we kind of think, well, this is how it will be answered. Like we Mm -hmm. have a sort of projected idea of how the results will come in and the universe doesn't work that way. Right. <laughs> the help Dang comes it. how it comes. And that's what happens with a lot of people. Like, for example, let's say they're in a situation. A lot of times people will think, okay, I need the money to sort of buy my way out of this situation. And maybe it comes in a different way where the solution comes without the money mm-hmm. or, you know what I mean? It just, you can't sort of control or dictate how that solution enters into your life. But when you're open and you just pay attention, everything becomes so much more easy. It's kind of like trying not to push the river. Just let right. the river take you where it's going <laughs> instead, instead of, of finding it. The river to, yeah. <laughs> okay. Exactly. I love it. I'm going to shift gears here a little bit and let's talk about relationships, something you know everyone sure. can relate to. And what is a healing fantasy and how might it be drawing you into unhealthy relationships? Sure. So a healing fantasy happens when you think that through being kind of perfect, you can save and heal and rescue everyone. And it'll be like happily ever after. I've um, never done that before. I, I wouldn't know what that's like. <laughs> <laughs> and this is even in a situation where it's just frankly not possible. So This will often happen with children that come from situations where there's been some trauma or maybe even abuse, and they just get the message like, you know, they they kind of internalize everything and think, if I can just be perfect, everything will be perfect. And it just, you know, it's a situation that is ripe for problems because in many cases, you know, things are out literally out of your control. No matter how much you do, you cannot heal someone of alcoholism or, you know, violent abuse or, you know, et cetera, et cetera. So this is, it's very important to understand kind of what's possible and what isn't possible and not take on trying to fix everything and everyone for yourself. It leads to, I think, damage on both sides because you're putting unfair expectations on someone who's not ready for that shift, as well as usually causing yourself a lot of pain and dysfunction as well. Yes. Yes. I am sure, you know, many of our listeners can can relate to that. And then that's a good, that's a good cautionary tale. I like that. And so also, why is it important to observe how someone treats others? Yeah, because when people are treating others, it it tells you how they think it's okay to treat people. And by the way, that other person could be you in the future. So if you've ever had a situation where someone was really bad mouthing someone else and being very vicious and, and then later, you know, suddenly you were not on their good side and then they kind of did that to you. So that's one example. Another way is to watch how they treat, you know, service people or customer service. Just again, when someone is 
treating someone else badly, it could be aimed at you in the future. So it tells it just tells you a lot about that person, what they think is acceptable and their character. Interesting. Yeah, I agree with all of that. Oh my gosh. Okay. You've written like a thousand books, right? (laughs) You've written, well, it sounds like your first book was life and the afterlife notes from a medium and angel communicator. And you've written angels, how to understand, recognize and receive their guidance. So where can people find more about you and read and buy all of your books, Laura? Yeah, absolutely. So on my website, which is healingpowers.net, and there's links there to Amazon. You can also buy on all of the other, you know, channels, Barnes and Noble and iBooks and eBooks, etc. And I will put it out there that if anyone would like to have my first book, which really talks about everything we're talking about on the show, like my journey, how I got into what I did, the crisis that I went through, if they want to email me, I can send them a link to the free ebook. Oh, that's amazing. Thank you so much for that. Yeah, you're welcome. Well, do yeah, everybody, yeah, it's in the show notes. There will be links to Laura's books and I will put a link to your email as well. And I'll make it simple. So you're not like inundated and just, you know, (laughs) put Andrea's podcast or something in the, in the subject line. We'll make it easy. And thank you so much for being here. I definitely want to have you on again to talk more about angels and spirit guides and go say hi to Laura on social media. And again, she's at healingpowers.net. Thank you so much for being here, everyone. And until next time, I will see you out in cyberspace. Bye-bye. Hey, ass kickers, you know what would help me out so much if you left a rating and review for this podcast. Your Kick-Ass Life podcast will always be free to you and to help me get more awesome guests and to spread the word, it helps tremendously if you leave a rating and a review. Now, they don't particularly make this super easy to do, so I'll help you out a little. If you're in iTunes and you're on your phone, when you are in the podcast app, you need to search for Your Kick-Ass Life podcast. I know, even if you're subscribed, This is how you do it. So when you search for it and you see it come up, click on the cover art, then towards the top where it says reviews, click that, scroll down a tiny little bit, and then click write a review. Stitcher is a bit easier if you're on Android. The easiest way I found to do this is to type into Google stitcher.com, your kick-ass life, and voila, my podcast should pop up as the first link. Scroll down and click write a review. That's it. Thank you so very much. You have no idea how much it helps me when you do that. All right. I'll see you next time. Bye-bye.